their eyebrows. On the Saturday before Easter, 1978, Genevieve was six months old, teething and blowing spit bubbles when the whole family piled into our burgundy Buick. I liked her. Hermione often told people that I was jealous of the baby because of her soft hair and bleached pine bedroom set. But I wasn't jealous. Genevieve was a beautiful thing, all curves and folds of flesh, smelling of rose water and drool. This is what I remember, and this is the truth. We were on our way to the spring performance at the YWCA, where I took ballet, tap, and jazz. The recital was to be held in a large gymnasium that smelled of pine saw and feet. But all of us were dressed up and looking good. Daddy wore a white shirt with creases sharp enough to shave with, he'd said, running his fingers down his stiff sleeve. According to Mama, Hermione's pants were too tight, but they looked good. On her, the snugness seemed deliberate, a taunt. My mother outdressed us all, but that was her way. She wore a butter-colored suit and matching pumps. Genevieve was just a little brown face in a nest of aquamarine lace and ruffles. I'd put on a green jumper over my pink leotard and white tights. This was my favorite dress, worn at least once a week, pulled hot from the dryer each time. I liked it because it covered the raised outline of my training bra, the first of anyone in beginning tap dance. When I wore it, I seemed to be like any other girl with my tight plaits and heart-shaped beads. Hermione hadn't wanted to go. She was almost fifteen and would have rather stayed home alone, staring at the phone and wondering why boys didn't call her. It was because she was fat. I knew this because I had read her red cloth-bound diary. Must lose weight, she had scrawled. Orthodontia, expensive. Necessary? I was glad that she was there, even gladder that she hadn't wanted to be. Staring sullen out of the window, she was making a sacrifice, a word we talked about last week in Sunday school. Why hadn't we taken a photo of ourselves before piling into the car? Just a Polaroid or a quick snap with Hermione's 126 camera, creating something that I could use to compare with the images in my head so that I could be sure exactly what was remembered and what was invented or just wished for. I scooted closer to Hermione, breathing big gulps of her honeysuckle perfume. I lifted the red velvet cake from her lap. It was a big one, three layers, and dusted on top with chopped pecans. This lovely cake, slightly extravagant, was our family's contribution to the recital reception. I was happy. I do remember this. I had been telling the story of the dogwood trees, raising my voice over Hermione, who sang along with the staticky car radio. I'm trying to talk, I said. I'm trying to sing. Daddy turned down the radio. Mama bounced Genevieve on her lap and said, Shh, sweetie, to the baby, and go on, honey, to me. Before Jesus, I told them, projecting from my diaphragm like my Sunday school teacher had taught me, the dogwood was as tall and mighty as the oak and pine. Please tell me that's not your Easter speech, Hermione said. You know that's just a myth, don't you? You don't even know what I was going to say. You didn't let me finish. Hermione shrugged her heavy shoulders. 
You were about to say that they used the dogwood to make the cross, and now the tree is so ashamed that it grows all little and hunched up. That's a good story, Daddy said. His eyes smiled at me in the rearview mirror. And, I said, there's the part about the flowers. On every one of the petals is a little red spot. That's the blood, so nobody could forget about Jesus. Daddy, Hermione said, can you turn the radio back up? Did they even have dogwood trees where Jesus grew up, in Bethlehem or wherever? I know what happened next, although I didn't see it. My eyes were on the nut-crusted sides of the red velvet cake when a blue Eldorado barreled down the left side of Hunter Street just after Mosley Park. I'd snuck my finger under the cellophane for a taste of icing and was trying to silence.